Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. So what are we waiting for? Let's get started. Hey, girlfriends. Do you do it all? Well, we do a lot of things, don't we? We work jobs, we take care of children, we parent teens, we plan meals, we clean bathrooms, we support husbands and boyfriends, we teach kids, we grocery shop, we wipe tears, we build relationships, we read books, we write blogs, we correct behaviors, we feed babies, we nurture our marriages, we care for our parents, we carpool, we volunteer, we make dinner, we bring the snacks, we pour drinks, we pick up messes. We pretty much keep everybody's stuff together and everybody's schedules on time and everybody's laundry clean and everybody's bellies filled and hearts happy every minute of every day of every week. And a lot of us are exhausted from doing all of that. In fact, you might say a lot of us are exhausted from doing it all. Even if we know that's not really what we're doing. You know that's a myth, right? The whole doing it all myth. We know that, right? You saw the title of the show, what doing it all really means, and you knew right away, nobody does it all. Because it's true. I think we need to remind ourselves of that. Um, We need to remind each other of that, that nobody does it all. And why that phrase even exists is beyond me. Well, actually, no, it's not. I understand. I mean, I get why people ask that, because we do a lot of stuff. I mean, just all that stuff I just listed. A lot of us are doing all of those things and more. And to people on the outside, sometimes it can look like doing it all, doing everything. But that's an exhausting concept. It's a depleting concept. It's something that if you're trying to do it all, if you're trying to do all things as a wife, as a mom, as a friend, as a daughter, as a sister, if you're trying to do it all in your life, at your work or in your family, that you're going to end up exhausted and disillusioned and unhappy, ultimately unhappy. So that's really what I want to talk about here today is this concept of doing it all. You know, you've probably gotten asked this before by somebody, any busy woman has heard this question before, how do you do it all? I hear it sometimes from random strangers on the internet who just, you know, they see a bio somewhere and they think you're doing everything, but they they don't see all the nitty gritty details of your life and all the things that you're not doing or the kinds of sacrifices you're making to accomplish the things you are. So that idea of doing it all, how do you do it all? Well, let's just accept right at the beginning, nobody does. Okay. It's a myth. It's a total lie. But what can we do with that? Where can we go with that? Because we have this kind of idea that we want to do it all. There are so many important things to do. All those things I listed that we do and more are really important. And they're an important part of, of many of us, of our vocations and what, what God's calling us to do in this life and to do well. So it's important that we figure out maybe not how to do it all, but how to do what matters and what's important. So when I was thinking about how to approach this topic today, the number one thing that came to mind is an old book. Gosh, I don't even know how many years old it is now, maybe 14 years old now, um, by Holly Pierlow. So maybe some of you younger readers, younger moms out there have never even heard of this. And so this is a good resource for me to recommend here. It's called A Mother's Rule of Life. Um, Let me see the subtitle is How to Bring Order to Your Home and Peace to Your Soul. And it's by Holly Pierlo. I'll put a link in the show notes so you can check it out on Amazon and maybe order a copy. So what Holly Pierlo did in this book um, years ago was kind of revolutionary at the time. She was a homeschooling mom who was really on the verge of a, a breakdown. She had five kids and they were all little. She's trying to homeschool them. And she 
put this book together um, to share how she kind of solved that the issue in her life where she just felt disorganized and like a mess and she was falling apart personally, um, how she kind of organized her life by giving herself a rule of life. And now anyone in religious life has a rule by which their community lives and it kind of organizes their day, balances out prayer and work and you know different orders have, have different kinds of balances between the different responsibilities. But what Holly proposed in this book was a rule of life for a wife and a mom in, in, in a home with small children. And while I found the book, Holly's a very different person from me. I, I like her a lot, and I, I really appreciate a lot of things about this book. But I did not come away from this book thinking, this is it. This, this is, I'm going to apply exactly this to my life. And, and I really actually don't think that that's what she hoped to accomplish with it. I mean, I think that what she was really hoping to kind of accomplish and what she really did accomplish was beginning a conversation about these things. Even inside of my own heart, I needed to have that conversation about how am I spending my time? And just to become empowered by the idea that I get to decide how I'm going to spend my days. Yeah, there's a lot to do. There's a lot of different things that are are calling for my time, my energy, my attention, but I'm the one who determines how I'm going to spend those things and how my, my days are going to be balanced. So really the way that Holly set it up in the book, and I find this was the most helpful takeaway for me, was that she breaks down your personal responsibilities. She broke them down into, I think, five different categories. You know, you you owe time and energy to yourself personally as a person. So these were all P's. Um, then time in prayer, time for your partner, meaning, meaning nurturing your marriage. Parenting, that obviously takes a lot of time and energy. And then provider, whether or not you're working professionally or you're, you're supporting someone who is working professionally that's supporting your family. So she broke down personal responsibilities in those ways and then encouraged the reader to kind of break up her days into those categories and figure out which what time was going to be spent where. Ultimately, like I said, it it ended up with a way too structured schedule for something I would ever want to do. I wouldn't be happy trying to stick to that kind of schedule. It just doesn't suit my temperament at all. But what I found really helpful was the idea that I'm in charge of this. And it was really empowering to me, as dumb as that might sound, that I was really kind of excited and and happy to realize that I had that level of control. Because I think what happens, especially with young moms at home um, with small children, it is overwhelming. And it's such a life-changing thing. Even just, you know, the life change from being a single person to getting married is overwhelming. And then from being a married couple to having children, overwhelming. Uh, Add more children to the mix even more overwhelming, add, you know, career options and different things into the mix. And you've got a giant mess on your hands. And without ever kind of pulling out of it a little bit and and gaining some perspective and taking a breath and looking at these different aspects of your life reasonably and perhaps prayerfully, then you, you run the risk of just kind of surviving your life, which I think I was doing a lot of when I was younger and I had a lot of small kids. Life was real busy and overwhelming. And really, you can just spend your entire day from the minute you get out of bed, putting out fires. And that's no way to find happiness or peace or balance and joy in your life. So what I really took away from what Holly shared and um, other kinds of books that I was reading at the time was this idea that I could I could be in control of my time in that way. So yeah, I wasn't going to do it all, and we all need to accept that, but I needed to figure out what was important to me and what really mattered to my family. And now, the number one thing I recommend that people do if you're feeling overwhelmed in this way, if you don't even know where to begin or how to spend your time or how to find that balance in your life, because I think 
that's the number one thing we're all looking for. You know, that's what I found so genius about the tagline on Mother's Rule of Life was how to bring order to your home and peace to your soul. Because I think every woman can read those words and be like, yes, yes, just give me that. Give me the formula for that because that is totally what I need in my life. So, you know, I think the first way that you can accomplish that is by breaking up your your different responsibilities into categories. And they may or may not be the ones that are, are from the book, but we all have different responsibilities with regard to parenting. It's important to have time for yourself personally to have a, a prayer life. And those are separate things, by the way. Don't just say, you know, I have my five minutes with my Bible in the morning and so it'll be selfish to ask for more than that. No, you you have a right to have a personal life as well, to have personal interests and creative outlets and pursuits that are that you can feel excited and energetic and enthusiastic about. You you need those things. These are basic needs in your life. So when I, what I found helpful to do at the time when I was feeling so overwhelmed was really to write out what my priorities were you know, write down what I thought was reasonable for somebody in my state of life to have for basics of a prayer life, basics of a personal life. Um, what what amount of time, you know, it doesn't have to be down to the minute, but what kinds of activities on a regular basis I thought I should be engaging in to uh, support and nurture my marriage. What How much how much time should be spent hands-on parenting and d- engaging in the kind of responsibilities that came with motherhood, um, as well as outside work. And so it, it was helpful for me to kind of think through those categories categories and maybe break up into a general percentage of an idea of how much of my time I thought was reasonable. You know, and it's helpful sometimes to take yourself out of the equation because we tend to get super either defensive or feeling guilty about spending time on ourselves or something. If you take if you just think, okay, what's reasonable for a person in this state in life with this this um, you know, this job or this husband and living in this place with these children or these responsibilities, what's reasonable for them to spend on X, Y, or Z each day of the week or on weekdays or weekends and kind of break it down in that way. And I found it was really helpful to put that on paper. I'm not the type of hyper-organized person that writes everything out all the time. This was one time when I found it was really helpful to be detailed in that way. And then here's the hard part. You have to spend your time living your life as you've been living it and kind of keeping a diary and paying attention to the ways in which you are spending your time. Because what was eye-opening for me here was that I was wasting a ton of time. And it's not like you have to be productive every minute of your day. But if you're going to go around whining that you have no time for the things that really matter to you, well, then maybe you need to pay attention to the kinds of things that you're wasting your time on, okay? It might not be jelly splash for you. I'm not saying whether it was for me or not, but just be honest about the ways in which you're spending your time. Pay attention to whether or not you're spending a ton of time on the phone or watching TV or even reading novels and other things, which all can be legitimate uses of your time. I'm not here to say you shouldn't ever have downtime or do things that are fun or relaxing, but I am saying that if you're going to try to try to figure out a balance in your life of all the different things, if you're going to figure out how to not do it all, but do all the things that matter and have a, a, a reasonable balance between those different responsibilities in your life, you need to be honest about how you're really spending your time. So then comes the exercise of matching those two things up, what you think your priorities should be and what um, how you actually are spending your time. And for me, that was really eye-opening. It wasn't something where I had to end up making a schedule or a chart. 
if you're that kind of person, go for it. You know, you'll love it. And uh, you could make a, a spreadsheet about how to spend every minute of your day. But it's not necessary to do that in order to kind of bear some good fruit from this exercise. It's just comparing those two lists and saying, oh, you know what? I did waste a lot of time, you know, on these things. And that really isn't, objectively speaking, how I want to be spending my time. So you can make those kinds of decisions for yourself. You're in charge. That's the good news. You get to be in charge. And you don't have to feel guilty. Once you do that, if you decide, okay, you know, I've got these three hours of the morning and I'm going to devote them to housework or I'm going to devote them to um, a, a writing project or something, you know, some work that I'm doing outside the home or I'm going to devote them to engaging in activities with my kids. Whatever it is you've decided is reasonable for you to spend that time on. What I found is once you've made that commitment and you know an overall schedule that kind of works for balance in your life, then you can engage in that activity fully without feeling guilty. Because I think that's the number one thing we women do to ourselves is we beat ourselves up for all the things we're not doing while we're doing something that's very worthwhile. And it detracts from the activity we're currently engaged in. It makes all of our interactions and our relationships less meaningful when we're constantly distracted by a thousand different responsibilities and pulled in a thousand different directions. This kind of gives you that that focus. And it's something that I still use. I, I did establish it in a more concrete way back when I read that book and back when I first was establishing this in my life. But it's something I still rely on that I'll set aside a certain amount of time on the weekend for a work project that's been weighing on me, for example. And then as as I go through my daily activities, like the, the other night I was cleaning up the kitchen after dinner and a certain project came to mind and I thought, oh, I really need to make time for that. But then I thought, oh, you know what? I did make time for that. I told myself and I told my husband, I'm going to be spending these two hours on Saturday morning on this particular project. So then I'm free to remove that from my mind. I don't have to be feeling guilty about the fact that I was cleaning up the kitchen after dinner, which is a very reasonable and worthwhile thing for me to be spending my time on. So do you see what I'm saying here? That you can find that kind of peace and that kind of balance in your day-to-day living, in your day-to-day schedule if you go about it thoughtfully. And that doesn't mean it has to be planned out minute by minute. Like I said, I'm not that kind of person. You don't have to be that kind of person to find success with this this kind of way of approaching it. So I hope you'll check out that book, which is um, A Mother's Rule of Life by Holly Pierlo. But you don't have to read the book to do this. I mean, you can just do exactly what I just described. Because I'm, I'm a little bit afraid that some people might read Holly's book and think, oh, I have to do it X, Y, or Z. I have to do it exactly this way. Um, Just, you know, just that one caveat. If you're going to read the book, you may want to apply it in the same ways that Holly did, but you don't have to. What was really revolutionizing, I think, about that book was introducing the idea that you can decide this. You can be in charge of this. You're not a victim of your own life. So the other point that I want to make is the fact that those of us who are looking like we're doing it all, um, it's important for us to clock out sometimes. And this is something that could be built into your your schedule as you're thinking about a balance of your activities, a balance of your downtime. But I find it's really important to have accountability here. We women just do a lot of stuff and we give of ourselves and we keep doing that until someone tells us not to sometimes or until we fall apart and we're really feeling upset or we're feeling taken advantage of, we turn into this this martyr inside where we're like, oh, look at all that I'm doing and I never get a break. 
that's that's not healthy for anybody. So I think it's important for us to make times in our life where we do clock out. And if you're working a job outside the home, that that can be easy by leaving your work at the office. Um, Or if you have the kind of job where I do, where it's kind of in and out and there's an ebb and flow in your days and the work is always there if you you want to turn to it, um, I think it's important to kind of set a time or have an accountability partner, whether it would be a husband or a child or a friend of yours that kind of reminds you you know, that you need that downtime. And after a certain hour, you're not, you're not going to be working on housework. You're not going to be working on outside activities or, you know, work outside the home or that you're going to focus on something that's really recreational for you or really going to be rejuvenating for you, or even just allow you to get to bed at a reasonable hour. Because I know without that accountability that I have, and my own husband is good at doing this. He's really good at saying things like someone else can do that, that can wait, it's after hours. And I think without him, I really would be folding laundry in tears at 4am every morning that uh, you just need that kind of balance. I need it. And I think most of us do need that kind of accountability that comes from clocking out sometimes because you can't do it all. And I think by accepting that and accepting that we have limitations to what we can do, that we can allow ourselves permission to to take that time off. And it's something that every human being needs. It's not something selfish. So it's important to keep that in mind. And then finally, I want to mention the idea of doing it all is so appealing to us, I think, because we kind of pursue that perfection in our lives. We're kind of attracted to that idea. We're attracted to, you know, successful outward appearances. We're attracted to the idea of, yeah, I'm totally powerful and I'm strong and I can do it all. But we need to turn our focus away, as I said at the beginning, away from doing it all to doing what matters most. And guess what? What matters most varies from person to person. And it's even going to vary with you from one day to the next, from one stage in your life to the next. We need to constantly be assessing and reassessing because just because something made sense, some activity or some responsibility or some commitment made sense and was a good use of your time two years ago, doesn't mean that it is anymore. You know, our circumstances change, our family's needs change, and there may be some form of help that's available to you now, as in older children. Sometimes we don't even notice that our kids are growing up and becoming more capable that you could make use of right now that would be helpful to you. You could give up a responsibility, something that you've been doing and spending your time on very generously, and now maybe it's time to let go of that control and delegate it to someone else. It's really important that we do this, and yet I know it's hard sometimes. Sometimes letting go of control and delegating is the worst. I mean, I know this as a mom. I know it as a wife that sometimes you just want to stand over the person's shoulder and criticize or instruct them as they're doing it. But really, it's it's completely selfish, and it's the opposite of being generous to our families when we try to do it all and we try to take over everything. So we can do a lot of things. And when someone asks you, like, how do you do it all? I think it's an it's a natural question for people to ask of busy people. And I, I have a friend who's a very busy mom of many children and she likes to answer people when they ask how she does it all. She says, It's not me, it's the Holy Spirit. And I think that's really true. And um it really is all grace. The fact that we can't do it all, that it it's all coming from it's a it's a, a power that comes from God. Everything that we accomplish, anything good that we do comes from Him. It's not something we're doing ourselves. It's not something our own pride should or could get mixed up in. But with God's grace, 
we can do a lot of things. And I think that's the positive message here. That's the takeaway message here. The fact that you can't do it all, but you can do a lot of things. We can do many great things. We can do amazing things and we can accomplish so many wonderful things in our days and our nights as hardworking women. But everything that we do or that we don't do and we offer up because we aren't able to do, we need to remember that nobody does it all. And if they pretend to be doing it all, don't fall for it. Don't try to do it all yourself. Instead, focus on what matters to you and your family. Focus on figuring out what stuff really matters to you, to your husband, to your kids, to your friends, to your extended family, and then do what God is calling you to do. No more and no less. Now, one woman who really does amaze me with all that she does and all that she allows God to do in her life is Jennifer Willits. And Jennifer is spending some time with us here today at Girlfriends. You might know Jennifer Willits from her serious radio show from years ago, which was called The Catholics Next Door, but she and her husband Greg are up to some really awesome new things these days with books, in podcasting, and in ministry to Catholics from all walks of life. Let's take a listen. Hey, girlfriends, who are we talking to this week? It's time for an interview. Welcome. I'm so happy to have joining us here today on the Girlfriends Podcast, Jennifer Willits. Jennifer is co-author of The Catholics Next Door, Adventures in Imperfect Living, along with her husband, Greg. Each Sunday, she and Greg co-produce the Adventures in Imperfect Living podcast, which is available at gregandjennifer.com. She's been married to Greg since 1995, and together they're the parents of four sons and a daughter, and they live in the Denver, Colorado area. Welcome, Jennifer. I'm so glad you're here on the show with me. Well, thanks for having me on the program. I'm very excited to be here. This is awesome. Yeah, I'm, I've been such a fan of, of yours and Greg's podcast and your previously your radio show um, when you were on the Catholic Channel uh, years back. And it's just such a, a thrill to get to talk with you because I feel like you talk to me all the time. Right. You just, <laughs> you don't you know, know a it. whole lot about me and I need to know a whole lot more about you. Isn't that <laughs> it's the, not balanced. Exactly. Well, we're going to find out a little bit more about you and anyone who's um, a fan of your, your podcast and you can check it out at gregandjennifer.com. Um, you, you recently, you used to be called the Catholics Next Door and you've recently kind of gone through a name change and you're going with Adventures in Imperfect Living, which I love. I mean, I just love that concept because everyone's familiar with Imperfect Living. Well, thank you so much. That was not an easy decision because we had had the name Catholics Next Door uh, probably since 2008. And so it's a little risky to rebrand yourself after years of, you know, being sort of identified as that name. But we really wanted to make our name be as inclusive as possible, sort of to cast the widest net and we knew that we um, sometimes people who are shopping around for new podcasts to listen to, if they see, you know, the name Catholic in the title, it could be a little off-putting to those mm-hmm. who would otherwise really like our content. So, and those who know us already know that we talk about all kinds of imperfections in our lives and just the adventures of raising a large family. And those are really universal topics that I think apply to everyone, regardless of their faith background. So we were we you know, really went through a lot of discussion and survey questions trying to find a really appropriate name. And ultimately, we felt that 
just sort of lifting it off a title that we had already created in the book that Greg and I co-authored a few years back was really the smartest move. It was already kind of a name that was associated with us anyway, so it was a logical leap to go from the Catholics next door to just Adventures in Imperfect Living. Yeah, I really, I think it's a smooth transition, and I'm so thrilled for you guys and all that you're accomplishing in the world of podcasting after putting so many years in. But let's talk about a time perhaps you can share with us um, a time when you felt like you really triumphed. You know, here on Girlfriends, we like to talk about joys and challenges of daily real life living. Um, So maybe you could share with us a time when you felt like you first felt a sense of achievement, whether it was through the podcast, through your career, or more in your personal life as a wife, mom, a friend. Yeah. And for me, I would have to say um, an area that I struggle with that I then find success in is where I'm going to, you know, feel that greatest sense of triumphant. And I, for me, I will tell you, and, and longtime listeners of our show will, will realize that cooking in the kitchen is something I really don't enjoy doing. And of course, God has blessed me with a very large family that now requires me <laughs> to cook all the time. So annoying. That. They keep and eating. <laughs> so, and it's not uh, a skill that I have. I'm not the type of woman to just open up the pantry door and, and look at what I have on hand and just could visualize a meal. Like, oh, here we go. We're going to have this for dinner. And so it literally hurts my brain every day to come up with a meal that can somehow satisfy this large family and all their variety of taste buds. Mm-hmm. And so when I could sit down and and usually I have to approach this in prayer. I literally have to ask intercession of the saints to please help me come up with a menu this week because I can't, I have no ideas. And so when I, and it takes me like hours to do that. That's how bad I am at that task that I have to do like mm-hmm. every single week without end. And so when I can nail down that menu and then like make it happen, I really do feel like I did it. I am victorious. I fed my <laughs> family. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> like put on my warrior paint, you know, like a female brave heart, you know. This is a really big deal for me because yeah. it's so hard and it doesn't come easy. So that's something that I I live that victory all the time, but it's also the struggle. I, I don't mm-hmm. just walk into victory. I have to really fight through it to get there. And I guess that's what makes it a triumphant sensation because sure. of the struggle. But that's hands down my deal. That's yeah. me right. I mean, I think we can all relate to that, whether it's cooking or not. And I, I like what you say there, like recognizing that as a triumph, the times when you're able to meet that challenge, it's so important. It might feel silly, but yeah, you're doing a great job, you know. <laughs> it's like, you're keeping them out of the emergency room. That would be another triumph, you know, just making sure the family's healthy yep. and we're reasonably getting along and harmonious, you know, all all the plights of motherhood, you know. Um, really counts as a triumph when you can see the fruits of that. And and in some ways, you may never see the fruits of your labor. Other people will. Right. Have you ever like sent a kid off to spend the night at a friend's house? And then those parents are like, oh, your daughter or your son was the most polite and so kind and so nice. Mm-hmm. And you're like, mm-hmm, yeah. Oh, I'm so happy that you experienced that side of my child's personality. Um, obviously, it paid off. I'm not seeing it here at home. Right. But it's your you gift to the world. <laughs> I know I had a woman come to pick up um, her teenage son once. And I, was like, I said, he was so great. He picked up all the dishes and he was standing at the sink doing the dishes. And she said, 
you are kidding me. (laughs) He he didn't know he knew how to clean a dish. But yes, sometimes they surprise us. And it's always nice when they can be that gift to the world. So that's a beautiful thought. Um, Okay, so moving on from triumphs to um, some of our less shining moments, um, we can all also relate to the times we make mistakes. And Jennifer, maybe um, you could share with us, tell us about a mistake that you once made, whether it was professionally or personally. And what did you learn from that mistake? Wow, you just go right for the jugular. I do. Let's go. Let's hear it. This is the Girlfriend's <laughs> Podcast. And you know what? <laughs> what? What gets said here stays here, you know? Oh, right, so right, right. You know. No one will hear this, just you and me. <laughs> I, I spill it. it. <laughs> well, obviously, uh, you know, I have to be careful because uh, there's some things that maybe don't ever need to you know, sure. hit the airwaves. <laughs> don't, you don't have to share those. I'll let you off the yeah. hook. Um <laughs> I I mean, thankfully, I don't have any like professional uh, mistakes that were really terrible. So I'm I'm grateful for that. But on a personal level, then that's where all the gold is, (laughs) just all the mistakes. Mm -hmm. And once again, um, this actually happened just a few months ago. So it's fairly recent. And I don't know what it's like in your kids or the kind of foods they like. But over here, there are several members of our family that really love chicken wings and we decided, well, you know what? There's no reason why we can't make this at home because it's really expensive to take a whole big family out for chicken wings. You're like easily approaching $80, $90 right, because it's right. like a dollar a wing. So I thought, I'm going to make this at home. And so my son and I started looking through the internet and we found what we thought was a, a well recommended recipe for like homemade buffalo wing sauce. And that's uh-huh. really where it's at. You got to nail down that sauce, it's got to right, be just right. the right kick, you know. But I, so I, I, I printed it out and I should have noticed the red flag, um, when in the introduction of this explanation of the recipe warned me that I should not have small birds or animals around the kitchen while I'm making said sauce <laughs> because the fumes are toxic and it might kill them. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> Let's make I'm this for my going. family. <laughs> That's right. But, you know, the ingredients were all kind of like normal stuff. You know, okay. I have my favorite hot sauce. I got that. I think it had some vinegar, some butter, you know, and maybe a couple other ingredients were tossed in. And so I went ahead and just, you know, was reading it as I was making it. So I read the first line and I did what it said. And I read the second line and I did that. And I went on to the part where it says, now simmer the sauce for like, 20 to 30 minutes. And once I read that, I stopped. I don't know why, but I felt like that was the conclusion of the instructions, even though I I admit there were some additional notes and text beyond (laughs) that. But you know, you know how it is when you're doing a recipe. Once you get part, let it simmer for 30 minutes. You know, the next part is toss it on the wings and enjoy. You know, you don't even have to bother reading the last sentence. (laughs) So I didn't. And I did what it said. I let it simmer for the full 30 minutes. Uh-huh. And then I noticed that there was a noticeable sort somewhat toxic fume <laughs> that was oh, permeating in the air. And my husband, Greg, comes home from work. He's like, dang, you know, <laughs> what are you doing? Science experiment. So, um, but I didn't let that stop me. I thought, well, this is a new recipe. Maybe that's normal. This is probably how it's meant to be. So we got our wings ready and then we, we poured this bright orange, beautiful looking buffalo sauce and we tossed it all together and we, we come to the table. We, we asked for the Lord's blessing on this meal. Thank goodness, because (laughs) we were going to need it. 
And we went ahead and just dove in to this this wonderful, rare treat of homemade chicken wings at home. And um, it was like atomic level heat. Like normally, I would only have mild, maybe a medium every now and then. But I I know mild is enough for me and it generally is enough for everyone else in the family. But this was atomic level. (laughs) Like we all had tears. We were all like begging for the milk to come yeah. down. Please pass me the milk, pass me the milk, you know. And then I thought, I better, let me get that recipe back. And sure enough, had I just took the time to read, if mm-hmm. I just did that, it, I would have seen the obvious. And it said, the hotter you want the sauce, the longer you let it simmer. So <laughs> if you want it to the highest level of heat, you want to go all 30 minutes. But oh really all you need is like 10. And I'm like, you had I'm so this sorry. toxic substance to feed your family. (laughs) I know. I about killed everyone around the table with his toxic fumes. And I thought, there's my lesson. Always read all the way to the end. Never assume you've reached the end because you you feel like it was a natural ending to a recipe, but no. And so I I, I learned never to make that mistake again. I love that story. (laughs) That is so hilarious. And I'm sure your family remembers it. And I love the moral of it too. Always read that recipe all the way through to the end. Make no assumptions, people. Okay, this we're talking about the health and safety of your family. Take it from Jennifer Willits. <laughs> All right. Well, um, we're almost at the end of our time here, so I got to get our lightning round in. Are you ready, Jennifer, for a lightning round on girlfriends? Yes, I am. I'm All ready. Right. You don't know what you're in for. No, I promise. They're not hard questions. They're just a okay. little bit of fun. And I want people to be able to kind of, you know, see another side of you maybe. And um, so here we go. We're going to spend one minute. Answer these questions quick. Who is your favorite superhero? Uh, superhero. Okay. I'm just going to go with Flash. Oh, everyone loves Flash. Okay. I know. He's <laughs> in right now. What can I say? All right. All right. Fine. Honesty time. When did you last yell at your kids and did they deserve it? Okay. Well, I slightly yelled at my 13-year-old this morning because for breakfast, he sat down and ate a big old hunk of lasagna that was left over from last night's dinner. Totally. I'm like, you can't have lasagna for breakfast. What are you doing? <laughs> That's like the wrong thing. What happened? Eggs, so, yeah. waffles. So yeah. Definitely I kind of deserved it though. Come yeah. on. That's obnoxious. Okay. <laughs> All right. Were you a cool chick or a nerd in high school? Oh, I'm going to go with a nerd. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I can see that in you and I love nerds. So I think Wait, that's what? great. Yes. No, totally. <laughs> nerds are awesome. I was a nerd. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay, years from now, St. Jennifer Willits will be the patron saint of what? Groceries and <laughs> planning. And <laughs> that's it. That's me. Perfect. You can ask for my intercession all you want. <laughs> nice. Okay. That's it. You made it. You survived the 60 seconds. And um, I think we found out some pretty fun stuff about you as a mom. I, I love oh. the um, lasagna yelling. I'm going to remember <laughs> that one. Wait, are your kids eating lasagna for breakfast no, too? Yeah, no, they're eating chicken. <laughs> They'll eat last night's chicken for breakfast and, you know, any source of protein except for the eggs and sausage right. and that sort of thing they're supposed <laughs> to be eating at that hour. So, yeah, I... I totally understand your frustration there. So, um, Jennifer, I want to thank you for being with us. And, and people who want to go and find out more about you, they can go to gregandjennifer.com. But real quick, before we go, what are you working on? What are you excited about? Just give a shout out about something that you're doing that people can check out. 
Well, um, right now, I'm just working hard to make sure that the podcast that I co-produce with my husband, Greg, is the best that it can be every week. So we really, you know, give that our all. And so I'm always excited about that. And I'm also um, actively running uh, the the ministry, newevangelizers.com, which is the home of rosaryarmy.com. And that's something that I, I care a lot about, and I do what I can to keep that ministry running smoothly. Uh, so if anybody wants a free all twine on at Rosary, just hop on over to rosaryarmy.com and uh, fill out the application and it's yours just like that so and besides just like you know the ministry work or the professional work I just do my best to be a good homemaker and a a spiritual heart for the family here and that's something that I'll never stop uh, desiring and I'll always actively work on it to be the heart of the home for this family unit so that's me love it and thank you for the beautiful example you set in that regard especially through your podcast and your books and all that you share I really I really appreciate that and thank you for coming on Girlfriends we're thrilled to have you here we've had a lot of fun chatting and uh, God bless you and everything that you're doing Jennifer all right thank you so much Daniel bye-bye bye-bye now I'm so grateful to Jennifer Willits for coming on the show today. One thing I must mention is a great big thank you to Jennifer Willits because when I was very first putting together the concepts for this show and I was feeling pretty overwhelmed by the world of podcasting and all that it entails, there's a lot of stuff, a lot of information out there. Um, Back then, Jennifer very generously offered to spend some time with me on the phone. She listened to my newbie questions and she offered me advice and encouraged me. She even answered some podcasting questions that I was too ignorant to even know to ask yet. So I'm so grateful to her. She and Greg are just experts at podcasting at this point. After doing it for over 10 years, they really are pioneers in this this form of media. And it was so generous of her to spend some time helping me out. So thanks, Jennifer. And thanks for being a part of Girlfriends. And now it's time for our Girlfriends shout out. This week's shout out goes to someone I know is listening. I know she's listening because she sent me an email to let me know she's listening and she'll be listening and that she enjoys the show. But I got her email right after one of her friends had emailed me telling me that she deserves a shout out. So listen to this. Nicole wrote to me saying, I have a special girlfriend who deserves a shout out. Her name is Sasha Boxer. She and I have become close friends within the last year and a half. She's a friend who I can share my faith with and talk about it openly with. She and I make special time for each other, always having a coffee or a lunch date on the calendar, and we also get our families together from time to time. But why she really deserves a shout out is because she inspires me to be a better version of me, to read my word among us diligently, to go to confession. We had a confession date last Lent and are planning another one for this Lenten season. And she's the person who told me about your emails. She listened to your first episode of the podcast and sent an email to me and my sister letting us know that we should do it as well. She's a good mother, but she's always worried that she's not good enough. She is always trying to improve herself in a healthy, growing way. Like you said in your podcast, if you aren't working on your goals, then you're going backwards. And Sasha is just a good person, but she's also humble and down to earth, and she just inspires me to do the same. Wow. Thanks for sending that in, Nicole. And Sasha, you are awesome. That is just awesome. Sasha, here's your girlfriend's shout out. Way to go. You are my hero. This shout out's for you, girlfriend. I just love that beautiful tribute to friendship between Nicole and Sasha. Great job, Sasha, being an inspiration in everyday ways to your friend. Here at Girlfriends, we know that's really where it's at.
that real heroes are the inspiring everyday kind doing everyday things. God bless you guys. Now, you might know someone who needs a shout out here on Girlfriends, and I'd love for you to let me know who that is. You can email me your suggestions at danielle at daniellebean.com, or I'd love it if you went to daniellebean.com and click that little tab on the side and leave me some voice feedback. You don't need any special equipment to do it. You can do it right from your computer or from your phone. Anyway, the person who needs a shout out just might be you. If you've done something you're proud of, or if you've accomplished something, even something small, something that seems insignificant, but feels significant to you, that's the kind of thing we're talking about here. Something that you're proud of, let me know. Give us the opportunity to encourage you, and then maybe even inspire other women who are facing similar challenges in their lives. Talk to me. And who knows? Maybe what you'll be bragging about this week will be how awesome you did on our weekly Girlfriends Challenge. Listen up, girlfriends. It's time for the weekly challenge. We got this. So, you know, I give us a challenge each week here on Girlfriends related to the topic that we've been talking about. And this week, uh, we've been talking about doing it all, our daily schedules, our balance of responsibilities. So this week's challenge is going to be for you to spend some time and I'm going to do this too, thinking about your various responsibilities, your various commitments, different activities that you're either committed to personally or committed to as family. And this doesn't have to be outside activities. Look at your daily duties, the things that you do inside your own house, the things, uh, maybe even household jobs that you do on a regular basis to revisit one thing that you do, that you're committed to. Revisit it and reconsider it. And think about it in terms of its value to you in your life, its value to your family, and what it costs you. And then reconsider other ways in which that thing could be accomplished. Maybe consider giving it up. Maybe consider putting it on hold for a while. Or maybe decide it is totally worth it and stick to it. Have a renewed commitment to that thing, whatever it is. It doesn't matter what the outcome is. The whole point is to do this exercise where we're kind of walking through and revisiting a commitment and thoughtfully and intentionally deciding that it's either worthwhile or it's not worthwhile, or maybe there's a new way of looking at it or a new way of getting that thing done. So go ahead and take on that challenge this week. I'm going to do the same and uh, check in with me. Send me a note at danielle at daniellebean.com or check in with me on Facebook. I'd love to hear how these weekly challenges are going for you, if they're bearing any fruit for you, if you're totally failing or if you're succeeding. I want to hear all of it. We got this. We definitely do. So thanks for spending some time with me here at Girlfriends. If you appreciate what I'm doing here, I would love for you to show your support by subscribing, rating, and or reviewing the podcast on iTunes. Even if that's not where you listen to the show, if you don't subscribe on iTunes generally, those subscription numbers really can help me get girlfriends in front of more people right now. Getting those subscribes and reviews and ratings on iTunes is really helpful in these early days of the podcast. And I want to take this moment to thank Dina, whom I know on Twitter, for taking the time to leave Girlfriends a review on iTunes this week. Dina wrote, I'm so excited about this podcast. I find it quite welcoming and friendly. Danielle Bean is very personable, and it reminds me of sitting in a coffee shop with friends just chatting about life. A nice break for this busy mom. The pace is comfortable and I really love the lightning round feature. Try it out. So thank you, Dina. I really appreciate you taking the time to do that. And thank you for being here. 
I really appreciate that you entrust me with some of your time here each week, and I'm really aiming to make it a good use of our time together. This is your place. This is your podcast. I'm grateful for your presence here. Until next time, I hope you enjoy your day, and God bless you. Girlfriends is a Danielle Bean production. Know your worth. Find your joy.